but we need to thank him also in our suffering, mm -hmm. recognizing that my hope was never bound in this. I mean, God may be gracious to me at the moment, and I'm so thankful, mm -hmm. but my hope is in him and not in the bounty of this world, yes. because this world is passing away. Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth in Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld and our guest Isaac Dagno. And we're just grateful to have you here today and to uh, share in this opportunity to discuss something I think that's really relevant to our world today and to our, our coming and our going and how we live our lives. And that's the issue of hope. So we want to welcome Dr. John and we want to welcome Isaac today and to have this conversation and discussion. And uh, I think, I really do think it is relevant. I mean, we just look at the news today. We see just tragedies happening all the time. Just recently in Vancouver, we heard of this stray shooting uh, where this 15-year-old boy was killed uh, in, in, in a car with his family just driving home from, uh, from having dinner together on a Friday night. And it's sort of like, wow. What's going on there? And then we hear the, the grander things of, you know, the, of, uh, the potential of nuclear warfare. We heard not recent, too recently uh, about the thing that happened to Hawaii, the mistake of uh, the missile that was supposedly being launched and then it wasn't launched at all. But I can just imagine the despair that people were going through. And you have to wonder, uh, where do people find hope today? And perhaps, John, maybe I can ask you, like, how can we as Christians define hope? Or how does the Bible define hope for us? Yeah, the hope in Scripture, uh, thanks Ben, uh, the hope in Scripture is entirely related to the second coming of Jesus. Uh, in the Old Testament, it's called the day of the Lord. That's the day in which God establishes his kingdom and wickedness comes to an end. That's the hope that Israel has. And when it gets defined in the New Testament, much tighter than it is in the Old Testament, then we see that it is when Christ returns again. And Titus chapter 2, verse 13 says, this is the blessed hope of the church that is the appearance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul attaches to that, how then ought we to live, you know, so that we ought to renounce all ungodliness and put aside all the ways of this world as we set our eyes firmly on that hope and not on any false and fading hope that we have in this world. It's really essential that Christians define their hope entirely in those terms, because when we define our hope in you know, the kind of terms that, you know, where's this world going to, and, and maybe some good things will happen, and maybe I'll have hope again, it's at that moment that we define our hope in terms of this world's affairs, and the Bible really instructs us not to do that. Yeah, yeah and, yet, and yet we find so many Christians and people that don't believe in Christ, uh, living lives of despair because of all the things around them. But within the church then, within the Christian life, how do, we, how do we encourage those people to discover hope for living today? Yeah, I think we do need to uh, assail all the hope that people find in this world, Christians as well. You know, because we're constantly saying, I mean, where's the hope? And when we say that, we betray the fact that we've forgotten that our hope was never in this world. So, Ben, as you know, I've been studying through the book of Revelation. So right now I'm working on Revelation chapter 14. And there are these, this picture that's there of three angels flying in midair. And the first one is proclaiming the eternal gospel to the world. And that's interesting in and of itself. And then the second one pronounces... Babylon is fallen. Babylon is fallen. That's a reference to the cities of this world, the city of man, the culture that we build in opposition to God. And the only hope this culture has is it's fallen. It has no hope whatsoever. 
And if I could personalize that, Ben, see, when I look at and try to find hope in this world, my response always is, hey, this world's going to end badly, and so are you. You're going to die. So if you put your hope in this world, you're going to be bitterly disappointed. So on the one hand, I think we need to smash every point of hope in this world, just utterly pulverize it, and then, in the other, and then set forth the only true and genuine hope that, that anyone can have. Yeah. And I think what we see sometimes are churches that are not being preached at in the, in the sense of being encouraged to think about this future hope that we have, the yeah. second coming, this day of the Lord. They're not being, um, uh, you know, uh, trained and exercised to think about it. And I think a lot of churches are trying to bring their, their flock to hope in something that can affect them soon and now. Uh, and we're not being trained to think about this second coming and excitement and the happiness and the joy and the hope that comes realizing in this, in this future hope. Well, let's continue with that because it is true. We have a lot of churches that are uh, teaching a how to be successful today sure. type of mentality that that uh, all the things that I could want in the world are available to, available to me now if I have enough faith or uh, I can I can have hope and that God's going to take care of me now. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, misdirected teaching going on. Yeah, and what's interesting about that teaching, you know, that word faith, gospel, prosperity kind of teaching is that it is making huge inroads into the third world, some of the poorest nations on earth. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem is, of course, it doesn't work there because the economy is broken and because you're never going to get that. So, you know, in reality, this is a first world kind of a gospel, and it relates only to this culture. And when in the end, as the scripture has said, this culture it well, as well will break down, it's not going to work here either. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the bad news for everyone that preaches that. It is an entirely this worldly mentality. Yeah. yeah, and I know this isn't linked just to young people, but I did want to ask you about young adults and young people. I have, I have uh, uh, three children of my own who are young adults. But I wonder, you know, is, do you think there's any connection between the rampant anxiety and depression and mental health issues that we see in our society today and a misunderstanding of hope. Yes, definitely. I would I would believe that. I mean, there's so many different, I mean, when we start talking about mental illness, anxiety, there's so many facets, so I don't want to put a general brush over it all. But I would say that with technology where it is today, especially with the internet and social media, we have taken our minds, which does really well in a local context and made ourselves super global. So now we know everything that's going on around the world at all times. We know about all the diseases. We know about all the terrorist attacks. We know about all these different things. And then you remember that you're just this one little person and it becomes very hard to kind of live in that because you're just, it's a, you're overwhelmed. You're completely overwhelmed. And that almost in a sense with all of these, this global news, this these global ideas being like, filling your mind, it doesn't leave much room for a young adult to sit and in solitude and meditate on the future hope that they have that is found in the Word of God. And it doesn't, you know, it, it blocks that out. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess the other question uh, stemming from that is the idea that, you know, I have grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have grandchildren. I do. And uh, a family is coming for you. Yes. And so we're excited about that. But how do you um, speak hope in to their lives? And I don't want to give the impression by what we've been talking about that 
You know, there's no delight to be found in this world. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to say that. There are these moments in which, you know, I think this world, the world that we live in, has these, uh, these moments in which little foretastes of both heaven and hell are felt right here. God, being rich in mercy, has provided for us many things so that I think we should say of this world, this is my Father's world. Yeah. He's the creator of it. The bounty of this world has enriched all of our lives, and we need to give thanks to God because of that. So we need to teach, you know, I need to teach my grandkids. I mean, we need to teach the next generation to give thanks to God in all things. Mm -hmm. But then we need to add to that, but we need to thank him also in our suffering, mm -hmm. recognizing that my hope was never bound in this. I mean, God may be gracious to me at the moment, and I'm so thankful, mm -hmm. but my hope is in him and not in the bounty of this world. Yeah. Because this world is passing away. I, I, I just, we think we need to keep on saying it over and over again yeah. so that we might be surprised by His grace when we find it here. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it suggested that hope, uh, scriptural hope is really uh, the idea of confidence. Confidence in what's happening. Confidence in, in what will happen. Confidence that God has everything in control. And I think you're right. We have to constantly remind ourselves of that. Or else we get caught up in the immediacy, the tyranny of the urgent, the things that are going wrong, and we can easily fall in uh, to anxiety and depression and despair. You know, and and so how do we speak to that? How would you speak to that to the to the young person that's you know going in, who's in college that that can't get past the fact that oh no, exams are coming up, and we are so wrapped up in this world. How do how do we help them? Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. Again, I think uh, this, I've been thinking a lot about biblical friendships recently and how a biblical friendship is one that centers on Christ where both parties, if you want to use those terms, are, are pointing one another to Jesus. And I think if we see more biblical friendships uh, in regards to the fact that you have one person telling the person, don't put all your trust, don't put all of your hope in the career, these jobs and all that kind of stuff, because like we've been saying, this is not it. This is, the, you know, your, your, your life from age one to however long you live, 80, 90, whatever it is, that's not it. But what you believe in this period has massive ramifications. So I think these biblical friendships, when, you know, if I'm talking to a young adult that's anxious or uh, is struggling in their hope, I, I would say, let's, let's create a friendship here, and I want to point you to Jesus, and I want to tell you and help you know that this world is not it. <laughs> there is another world coming, and, uh, and we need to model that. You know, I think about, I'm, we're going to have a baby soon, and I want to teach our baby girl uh, that to not rely on this world from a young age, but I need to, she needs to see my wife and I modeling a life that's not relying on the things of this world. Not relying on the physical things, not relying on any of this stuff. She needs to see us relying on God alone. And that means if she sees us on our knees every single morning, reading our Bibles, doing these different things, it's going to hopefully yeah. pray that that will do something. You know, just, uh, just really quickly, it, 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 I wonder if even in the conversion experience, whether we need to emphasize more where our hope is found. Yeah, and, and May, you, know, you had mentioned before, Ben, this word confidence. Um, the opposite, I think, of confidence is fearfulness. Yeah. So we approach life in fearfulness because it's filled with threats. And it is filled with threats, but I keep on having that hope that my hope is based in Christ and in the future that he's promised me. I can face 
all of the threats in this life with a great sense of confidence because one thing is for sure, this can never be taken from me now that I'm in Christ. With my conversion has come this boldness and this optimism that's just, you can't extinguish that. Yeah. I think that's key. An imperishable, imperishable good. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us uh, today. And join us again next week, because we're going to continue the conversation on hope and more oriented towards the church and perhaps things that we can do within our lives to continue to encourage a spirit of hope. God bless. See you again soon. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.